Good morning, I'm Debbie Cruz. It's Friday, October 20th. A plan to keep some non-U.S. citizens out of ICE custody is vetoed. More on that next, but first, let's do the headlines. California Governor Gavin Newsom will spend today in Israel. He's the latest high-profile American to visit the U.S. ally. It's been nearly two weeks since Hamas militants carried out a deadly attack on southern Israel, followed by ongoing airstrikes by the Israel military on the Gaza Strip. Newsom's exact itinerary has not been announced. The governor's office says there are plans for California to send medical supplies to the region, including the Gaza Strip. America's newest senator says her time on Capitol Hill will be temporary. Yesterday, LaFonza Butler announced she will not run for the seat vacated by the death of Dianne Feinstein. It's already a crowded field with the 2024 race, which includes several prominent Democrats in Congress. Butler will continue to serve for about a year until a new senator takes office in January of 2025. It's a better situation for drivers in the county as gas prices cool off. AAA says the local average of a gallon of regular has dropped every day for the past three weeks. The drop coincides with a recent decision by Governor Newsom to allow oil refineries in California to switch to a less expensive winter blend ahead of schedule. The local average is now $5.67 after topping $6 earlier this month. From KPBS, you're listening to San Diego News Now. Stay with me for more of the local news you need. KPBS On Demand is supported by UC San Diego Osher Lifelong Learning Institute, hosting an open house to learn about the upcoming classes and seminars, member benefits, and meet the volunteer leadership team, Saturday, March 30th. Registration at extendedstudies.ucsd.edu slash O-L-L-I. California passed a bill that would block prisons from handing over some non-citizens to ICE, but Governor Gavin Newsom just vetoed it. Advocates told border reporter Gustavo Solis they're deeply disappointed. Sanctuary laws already limit local police and sheriff's departments from helping federal immigration agencies deport people. But those laws don't apply to state prisons. The HOME Act would have changed that. More than 100 organizations supported the bill, and not one single group opposed it. Still, Newsom vetoed it. The response is, of course, very frustrated, very uh, discouraged to hear that he's vetoed, uh, but we don't give up, you know. Uh, we're not going to give up. We're going to keep fighting. Robert Vivad is with the San Diego Immigrant Rights Consortium. He says that what's happening right now is that people who've earned parole are then given to ICE to be deported. That includes veterans and people who have been released under criminal justice reforms. You know, you might say that's double jeopardy. You're, you're paying twice uh, for the same mistake. In a statement, Newsom says existing law already strikes the right balance in these cases. He says non-citizens are already protected from deportation, and local agencies can communicate with the federal ones. Gustavo Solis, KPBS News. Cars can be a lifeline for people experiencing homelessness. But when nighttime comes, they face the challenge of finding a safe space. North Cali reporter Tanya Thorne says 
Oceanside is the next city in the county considering a safe parking site. Every week, Sunny Soto spends her morning serving breakfast to homeless and vulnerable individuals. She's been doing this for the past eight years. And in 2021, she started a petition calling for safe lots for RVs in Oceanside. These are small little solutions that can really help preventing people from ending up on the street, not just aiding two people on the street, you know. That is why the Oceanside City Council discussed the possibility of a safe parking site at Wednesday's meeting. This could be the third safe parking site in North County. Jewish Family Services runs the sites in Encinitas and Vista. Oceanside staff will begin to identify sites and a provider to run the safe parking site. A plan is expected to be presented to council in January. Tanya Thorne, KPBS News. San Diego police continue to enforce curfew with juvenile diversion programs, but reporter Katie Heisen found their records don't reflect that. San Diego police records used to report the punishment for curfew arrests, often a diversion program, sometimes juvenile hall. But beginning in 2019, their arrest records started listing null instead. By that time, most large cities in California had stopped enforcing curfew. When I asked the police department why they changed how they were punishing curfew, they did not respond. I reported a story about curfew in September, and Jill Edwards' fam heard it on the radio. While, she says, she was driving her son to his interview for a juvenile diversion program for being out after curfew. Fam reached out to me. I visited her at her home in the Allied Gardens neighborhood. I'd heard about curfew laws, but I did not realize that there was um, a punishment. Was that surprising to you? Absolutely, especially with this level of punishment. I think it's absurd. Police stopped her 15-year-old son, who was a passenger in a car out past 10 p.m. His father is Vietnamese, and Fam says the other boys in the car were not white. San Diego police overwhelmingly arrest black and Latino youth for curfew. In 2022, they made up more than three quarters of the arrests. SDPD did not respond to questions regarding curfew punishment records. Pham's son was sentenced to a diversion program in order to keep the arrest off his record. He has to attend five workshops on topics like decision-making and values, complete 10 hours of community service, and handwrite a 600-word essay. Pham says if he doesn't complete those requirements within three months, he can be referred back to the police department for a misdemeanor. And she says she will be issued an arrest warrant if she fails to appear in court. How does that feel as a... Horrifying, uh, horrifying. I think that the police are there to protect. I would not think that this level of punishment is appropriate for a 15-year-old child who is out after 10 p.m. What do you think would be appropriate? I think the police, if they find some, you know, kids on the street and they say, okay, it's a bit late, I'll call your parent, parents come and pick you up. The diversion program is in City Heights, and Pham and her husband both work full-time. She says organizing transportation is a burden. She thinks of the other families who may not have a car or may not be able to navigate the paperwork as easily. She says this has been her introduction to what it's like to grow up in America. When I was in Queensland in the 1980s, we were considered to be living under a police state. Uh, I think this was even worse than what we would have experienced. Mike Mail, senior researcher for the Center on Juvenile and Criminal Justice, calls curfew a very American policy and antiquated. I don't know why San Diego is creating a crime here. 
Research overwhelmingly shows curfew is not effective at reducing crime, and Males could not think of another city in California that still enforces it. In fact, he says... There's no particular approach to juveniles once they're arrested that's effective. The truth is, you really just don't want to be arresting people in the first place. That creates a criminal record. It creates a lot of antagonism. Males also takes issue that SDPD records no longer show the punishments for curfew arrests. They shouldn't be getting away with just saying, we're not going to report what we're doing with them. When I first reached out to Males, he didn't know that San Diego was still enforcing curfew. The state's online records, which are meant to provide transparency, list zero curfew arrests for San Diego in 2021 and 2022 despite the hundreds of arrests SDPD recorded. Pham says this experience has shifted how she and her son view the police. I would avoid contact with the police because I'm really worried that if something this minor can lead to that level of punishment, imagine if you did actually do something wrong. It would be you know, catastrophic to a 15-year-old child to be in so much trouble and it would be hard to get out of that system, I believe. I have repeatedly asked the police department about this lack of transparency and incomplete records. They have not provided any answers. Katie Heisen, KPBS News. Coming up, we go to a local elementary school to hear how kids are learning about Dia de los Muertos. We'll have that story and more just after the break. Hi, I'm Bill Hohen. And I'm Ted Hohen. Over the past 50 years, our family has brought many world-class dealerships to Carlsbad, including Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Audi, Honda, Acura, Jaguar, and Land Rover. That's right. This year, we're celebrating 50 years in Carlsbad. So on behalf of the entire Hohen family, we want to thank San Diego. Throughout the years, We've taken tremendous pride in meeting and even exceeding our customers' automotive needs. We value the relationships with our clients and look forward to serving you for years to come. We invite you to visit one of the Hohen Carlsbad dealerships or hohenmotors.com. The upcoming Dia de los Muertos holiday is an opportunity to learn more about Mexican culture. Education reporter M.G. Perez tells us how some students are studying the tradition. November 2nd is celebrated around the world as the Day of the Dead. Dia de los Muertos is a traditional holiday honoring loved ones who have passed away. Many students at the Language Academy in the college area are immersed in the Spanish language and culture. In the next week, they are studying altars known as ofrendas that include memories and favorite items of their lost family and friends. Eight-year-old Mia Ackerman says incense is important. It was something they'd put like on the altar to keep the bad spirits away and so the good ones can be here without any danger and problem. 
KPBS is hosting a digital community ofrenda. You can submit a memory celebrating a loved one at our website, kpbs.org slash Day of the Dead. M.G. Perez, KPBS News. Errol Morris is a documentary filmmaker who has tackled topics as diverse as the pet burial industry and capital punishment. His latest film, The Pigeon Tunnel, starts streaming on Apple today. Cinema junkie Beth Accomando says the documentary serves up a compelling conversation with author John Le Carre. The Pigeon Tunnel opens with filmmaker Errol Morris having the tables turned as his subject asks him, Who are you? I needed to know who I was talking to. Were you my friend across the fire? Were you a stranger on a bus? Who are you? This is a performance art. You need to know whether you're performing to the trade union, an elite audience. You need to know something about the ambitions of the people you're talking to. David Cornwell, better known by his pen name of John le Carré, worked for British intelligence and knew how to conduct an interrogation, says Morris. There was this sort of idea that there were two interrogators in a room, but I wasn't interrogating him. I never interrogate anybody. I was interested in having a conversation and exploring various themes with him. That conversation proves riveting as Cornwall talks candidly and engagingly about his life and work. Sometimes he even fabricates memories and then immediately confesses to the lies. It's what made him so interesting as a subject, that he himself was aware of how much of his stories was fabricated. He's a storyteller who delights in undermining his own stories as he's telling them. Cornwell emerges as such a delightful, contemplative, and brilliant man that you wish the film would go on for another hour. He really actually is a truly ethical, moral human being, believes passionately in right and wrong. And that seems rare today. And Morris's documentary is a rare piece of expertly crafted filmmaking. Beth Agamondo, KPBS News. It's going to be a busy weekend for sports in San Diego. The SDSU football team is back at Snapdragon Stadium on Saturday night for a game against division rival Nevada. And on Sunday night, San Diego Loyal will compete in the United Soccer League playoffs at USD. The match will be broadcast locally on CW San Diego. And if arts are more of your thing, we have a full roundup of weekend events curated by KPBS arts producer, Julia Dixon-Evans at kpbs.org. That's it for the podcast today. This podcast is produced by KPBS producer Ben Lacey and edited by KPBS senior producer Brooke Ruth. We'll be back on your podcast feed on Monday morning. I'm Debbie Cruz. Thanks for listening and have a great weekend. KPBS On Demand is supported by the University of San Diego, offering professional and continuing education courses in the areas of business, education, healthcare, and engineering. For enrollment opportunities, visit pce.sandiego.edu.